This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy Bright and early, the sun is shining, and I am here with my brother, Michael. It is the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, and I am your host, Tim. Michael is with me today. Matt could not join us. Actually, it's our fault. We just got to be transparent. It's our fault. We, it's our fault that Matt couldn't go, but he took one for the team. So thank you, Matt. You can find Matt's writing, and you can find Matt on Twitter at PsychWard for anything you might have uh, questions Psych or anything. PsychWardFF, excuse me. And you can get find his writing on uh, the site and the app, which uh, is absolutely free right now, so go download that. And uh, yeah, patreon.com slash Fantasy if you want to support the show, if you want to uh, get extras like the Extra Waiver Wire show, uh, the Thursday night preview, uh, which by the way, we can kind of talk a little Thursday night technically because right now it is 3.34 p.m. in New York. So we're going to be dropping this. Surprise. We're going to be dropping this a little early. Um, so, yeah. So for so an extra waiver wire episode, the, the Thursday podcast, um, the DFS optimizer, the Discord. How can I forget the Discord? So many other forget so many other ex, ex, like so many other extras that I just don't have in front of me right now that. You need to just go check out patreon.com slash bro to fantasy. If you all you have to do is put that in and it gives you a list of all the extras and what you can get. Boom. Done. That simple. Uh and speaking of simple, simply put, I am very proud today. I'm a proud big brother. So for the first the first thing that I need to say is congratulations to Jason who passed the bar exam today. Yes, he did. Yes, shout out to Jason, man. Uh, not only did he pass the bar exam. The New York bar. The New York bar. This is the part that uh, Jason won't tell you, but I'm his brother, so I'll brag for him. He passed in the 95th percentile. So not only did he pass, but he crushed that motherfucker just like he's been doing his entire life. Honestly, just like him and Michael have been doing their entire life. You, you guys don't even know. Like The reason why they're so good at fantasy football is because these two kids have been mad smart since they are literally like less than one years old like before they could talk before they were one years old i used to me and my brother we used to put up our fingers and we used to go what's one plus one and these kids used to put up two fingers bro 
Like, that was ridiculous. Like, I remember that so clearly. I'm like, holy shit, these kids are geniuses. And it came to fruition. Uh, so shout out to, G- shout out to Jason uh, for that accomplishment, man. That was, uh, it's a big deal. Uh, so shout out to him. And, uh, and the reason actually why we're recording a little early, a little peek behind the scenes is, you know, he didn't expect to find out today, uh, but he did find out today. And, you know, Michael's his twin brother. I'm his oldest brother. I feel like it's our duty to, you know, go out and celebrate in some way. This is a major life accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, even though his birthday's around the corner. It's about to be a celebration time. It's going to be a good weekend to yeah, be Jason. It's going to be fun. Could be a good weekend to be you, too, because <laughs> they're born on the same day. Uh, we're, yeah. we're, we're celebrating on Saturday, and then we're celebrating with the family on Sunday. It's going uh, to be a whole twins extravaganza. It's going to be fun. Plus, Jason just passed the bar. Celebrate good times. Come on. Uh, I just, I just like, I just, I just didn't even sing it. Celebrate good times. Celebrate Come on. Celebrate good times. Come on. So let's, uh, yeah. So shout out to Jason. Uh, there's some not, there's some not good times, uh, going on right now in Jets camp. So, uh, for Elijah Moore and that news dropped. So let's get into Donnie H. Let's get into this news. Let's get into some fantasy football. And uh, for week seven, can't believe it's week seven already. Yep. Holy moly, it went so fast. Anyway, uh, Donnie H., what you got for us? Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Donnie oh, H. baby. Oh, it just gives me invigoration. Uh, we're going to start, though, uh, with some, this in p- particular headline uh, that just broke like as I was driving on the, w- <clears throat> on the way over here. Elijah Moore, in quotations, personal, was not seen at Thursday's practice. Uh, this is the write-up on Roto World. The timing of Moore's absence is interesting given the second-year wide receiver's recent tweet about his displeasure with his role in the offense. However, head coach Robert Salas said that Moore's absence was a, was team-approved as he deals with something pertaining to his family. The disgruntled wide receiver's absence appears to be a non-issue. I beg to differ. All right, as a Jets fan, this makes me very, very nervous. But this also makes me think about Elijah Moore's <clears throat> fantasy value. I'm going to be talking a little more about Elijah Moore in this episode. But with that being said... Uh, Michael, how are you feeling about this news? Is this is news that you're concerned with? Uh, not necessarily. We'll see how it progresses, but it's not something I'd be looking into much. And the thing is with the Jets, too, it's not just like Elijah Moore has been getting targets. I don't, well, like last week he didn't get targeted at all. I see that. But the Jets also just have not needed to pass over the last two weeks. Like they dismantled the Skylar Thompson led. Dolphins, and then last week the first half was a disaster for both offensive teams, the Packers and the Jets. And then in the second half, Brees Hall took over, and they didn't need to really pass much. Like Zach Wilson did what he had to do in the second half to to win that game. Brees Hall did the rest. Like there's going to be maybe even this week against Denver, we'll see. There's going to be a time where Zach Wilson needs to pass more, like he had to do against Pittsburgh in the fourth quarter, where he turned up and threw two touchdowns. I saw a tweet that. Uh it is from a expert that I'm not gonna tell you who it is, but it's an expert that we used to respect and who has uh, one of those that have you respect them and then they get a tad bit of notoriety and then all of a sudden they think they're better than everyone. Um, one of those guys tweeted, "If if I if I was the Jets, I would move on from Zach Wilson back to Joe Flacco right now." And it's just like when you see that, like it's clear that you're just you're just looking at box scores. Or like highlights, or you're you're not like, and things like that. It's just it's not it's not as Michael said. There was no need to pass. 
Zach Wilson had some clutch passes in that game, including one that was a deep bomb to Corey to Corey Davis. That was very reminiscent to uh, the uh, the uh, uh, what do you call play the Tennessee play last year. Tennessee, Tennessee. By the way, that Brees Hall run. You know how Brees Hall was like sideways on that run, and he kind of like side, and then he came kind of like went through the hole like sideways, and then turned. Yeah, his I mean that's how he grabbed the ball from Zach Wilson running that so, direction. So I I listened on on a podcast. It was a Jets podcast. I can't remember what it was, but it's a super old school play. I think right. No, it was uh, it was supposed to be another reverse to to Garrett Wilson. So like so they were supposed to be the handoff to Brees, and he was supposed to round and hand it to Garrett Wilson. And if you look at the play, that Garrett Wilson was trailing. But there was a D end that over pursued, and Brees just made a call and didn't pitch it back to to <laughs> Wilson and scored. Beast, a beast, bro. That made me that made me so much more like happy about the play than I was earlier. Um, if you can't tell, Jets fans, I'm actually wearing my Jets hoodie right now. <clears throat> anyway, all right. It looks like we're gonna get to talk about Thursday night. Uh, Ed Water reports that the Saints will start Andy Dalton at quarterback in Week Seven. I don't think this is a surprise. I think Andy Dalton has been playing better than Jameis Winston did, and I think it's people just act like Jameis Winston doesn't have five fractures in his back. Uh, he does. So I think this Andy Dalton thing could be a trend, and we could be seeing the Saints stick with him. How do you feel about him? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's, it's a little weird the way they keep acting like Jameis Winston... Like, no one's made it any sort of clear this injury with Jameis Winston and when he's going to return and if he's fully healthy or not. Apparently, he's not healthy enough. Maybe they do prefer Andy Dalton. Who knows at this point? Um, but Andy Dalton's starting. And, look, it's not like Jameis Winston's some star quarterback anyways. I do think he's better than Andy Dalton at this point. But either way, the offense is the offense. Like, Chris Olave is really the only pass catcher that I'm interested in. All right. You ready for... Uh, this Michael, I'm gonna play a new game with you in the in the because this is a lot of Thursday practice reports in the news. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna play a game. The game we're gonna play is Do you think he's gonna play? So I'm gonna say the practice report and and Michael's gonna say if he thinks he's gonna play and I'll say if I agree or disagree. But we don't have any inside information. We're not insiders, but what we do have is knowledge of patterns of the patterns of this. And knowledge of the player's injury. So using that, I think we can make a, a good assumption. All right, so with that being said, Mark Andrews remains sidelined for Thursday's practice. Harbaugh claimed that Wednesday that Andrews' absence was largely for rest purposes, but back-to-back did not practice are certainly worth taking notice of, according to Jamison Hensley on Twitter. Um, you think Andrews is playing this weekend? Yes. Oh, you want to give a little reason why, or just you want to say yes? Yes. Because, <laughs> I mean... If Harbaugh said it was rest-related, back-to-back days is obviously concerning, but I wouldn't be surprised to just see him back at practice the next day. It's not like Mark Andrews is one of those guys that needs to practice every day at this point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with Michael on that. All right, uh, this is more concerning. J.K. Dobbins did not practice Thursday. Uh, apparently, his knee tightened up in week six. Yeah, I'm fully expecting him not to play. I don't, know why, I don't know why everyone just kind of ignore the fact that J.K. Dobbins missed the second half. Like, I didn't see anyone talking about the fact that J.K. Dobbins just didn't play in the second half and got injured again. Yeah. Like, it's literally nowhere. And I was like, I don't understand what people are doing. Right, and people were bidding pretty high on Kenyon Drake. I mean, I got Kenyon Drake on our, in our home league. I, I bid a decent amount on him. Yeah, I, I decided to, to skip out on that bid. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, is practicing on Thursday. His thumb 
Uh, did not practice on Wednesday, but back he's going to play. Russell Wilson, this is an interesting one. Hamstring was limited in Thursday's practice. Uh, do you think that Russell Wilson plays? This one seems This one seems to be everyone's like, wink, wink. Russell Wilson is injured, wink, wink. Yeah, but then like Brett Ripien did the walkthroughs or something. Yeah. So I don't know. It seems like a real 50-50 toss-up right now between these two. DJ Chark, sideline for Thursday's practice. He's probably not going to play. Michael's yep. going to talk about that a little later. Uh, Sammy Watkins is back from the injured reserve and could play in, this, in the game on Sunday. Uh, look, usually I'd say ignore Sammy Watkins with all your might, but they're desperate for a veteran. Is there any chance Sammy Watkins becomes fantasy relevant at all? I mean, I'd, I'd bet against it, but they clearly need some pass catching help. Uh, Kadarius Toney. Uh, remain sideline for Thursday's practice. He had a great quote. It said, when you go hard, sometimes these things happen. He actually hurt a different hamstring. So not not good news for Kadarius Tony, but it doesn't look like he's going to play this week again. Nope. Uh, Jahan Dobson exited practice early on Thursday. Oh, man, that is a terrible piece of news. Yep. Dotson, who was on his second straight day of practice, came up limping after running a route, and this is a hamstring injury, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that is a soft tissue injury. That is not good news. Trainers reportedly came over and looked at him immediately before ushering him, ushering him off the field, and he was later spotted riding a stationary bike on the sidelines. The rookie wide receiver appeared prime for a week seven. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, man, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one's a tough one. Yeah, assuming he's out again. Yeah, definitely got to assume he's out at least one week. But hamstring injuries, the reason I know so well is because I had a hamstring injury where I tweaked it. I thought it was fine. I went into the game two two weeks later. I was making a cut. And it felt like someone took a bow and arrow and shot me in the back of my hamstring, and I didn't recover for eight months. Like, and I know he has like, he has professional people, and he has, you know, he's he's a professional athlete. Uh, I'm not, uh, so it's not gonna take him eight months. But it's also not he's also not like fucking from Krypton. You know what I mean? I can be a, a Superman. Um, <laughs> uh, Mac Jones, uh, the athletic reports. There's no no controversy. Ah, I thought was, there was injury reports on him. No, nope, skip that one. Julio Jones practice on Thursday. Are you are you are you are you playing the Julio Jones game? Nah, man. No. Enough is enough. No, enough. Is, even if he plays in a game, like he might get injured halfway through. No offense to Julio, man. I hope I I wish him the best as a human being. But Julio Jones, bro, like you can't roster him in your fantasy teams. Uh, Albert, oh, um. It seems as though Albert O, who was a healthy scratch last game, uh, it looks like they're trying to trade him. And I'm gonna be yeah. talking about Greg Dolchich a little bit later. And I'm a, it's it's one that I'm a, I'm a little excited about. I'm not gonna lie, it gives me a little tingle. Tingle, tingle. gives me a tiny tingle. Um, Andy Dalton uh, is in the news. We already talked about Andy Dalton. What am I talking about? Uh, Chase- Andy Dalton looks like he should go by Andrew Dalton. Yeah, Andrew Dalton. Interesting. Maybe because when he was, yeah, maybe like the new, the the older Red Rocket. Yeah, now he's like the the grizzled vet. He's Andrew Dalton. <laughs> maybe we should just start calling him Andrew. He's Dalton. Andrew Dalton. I hope he starts with. <laughs> I hope he starts with the Saints because Andrew Dalton is is someone who I now personally want to root for. Yeah, me too. Uh, go and, Saints. Go Saints. Andrew Dalton. Uh, <laughs> Thursday night football. Light it up, man. Light it up. I hope I hope you keep the job. Uh, <laughs> ESPN's John Kime reports that Chase Young uh, might be back. Not really fantasy relevant, but something that um, that is is good news. Uh, Keenan Allen hamstring limited on Wednesday's practice. So here's the thing with Keenan Allen: he could play. 
Right now, Yahoo is projecting him 11 points. Uh, usually when that happens, the people over at Yahoo believe he's going to play. Um, they, you know, they got, they got a good fantasy team over at Yahoo. I can't, I can't hate on the fantasy team. Um, with that being said, they have a bye next week. So if Keenan Allen has a hamstring injury and he was out last week and they have a bye this week, you already saw what happened to Jahan Dotson. And Keenan Allen is not a young man anymore. He's old, he's on the wrong side of thirty. Maybe it's a good idea. Maybe I would bet on Keenan Allen staying out. What say you? Yeah, I mean they asked Keenan Allen about it yesterday, and if the bye being next week is going to factor into it, and he said for sure um, it's something he has to consider, and that unless he feels like he's good to go, he's not going to go. So I think they're. Uh, I think it's going to be a game time decision again this week for Keenan, and I guess we'll see how he's feeling. Uh, Josh Palmer being out with a concussion. He did not practice Wednesday. He he would is most likely, I, I would say, most definitely going to miss the game. Um, so maybe that's a little more of a reason to get Keenan Allen in the game for the Chargers. Um, Dalton Schultz, he's practicing in full. I'm, I'm glad we get to talk talk about Dalton Schultz here because I feel like Dalton he's going to be on some waiver wires at this point because he's been so bad. If you're tight end needy. Dak Prescott's coming back, and he got the targets in the first game at, while Dak Prescott was in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little resurgence here from Mr. Schultz uh, with Dak Prescott back at quarterback, and which we're going to talk about next. Yeah, uh, and I mean, Jake Ferguson caught a touchdown last week with Cooper Rush at QB. The tight end position is uh, has always been involved in Dallas. Uh, Mike McCarthy said, Dak Prescott has been medically cleared to play against the Lions. Michael, one question. Are you starting him? For sure. I mean, it depends on the options, but probably yeah. If you most likely, if you're a streaming team and you've been sta- and you've had Dak this whole time, like stashed, then yes, I'd I'd start Dak. What if you're? What if it's like uh, uh, Dak versus uh, Derek Carr type situation, like a streamy maybe streamy option or Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, definitely over Jimmy Garoppolo. Derek Carr is a little tougher. Is that all I have to say about that? Carr is probably the safer option, but I, I assume if Dak returns, he's going to get his full allotment of involvement and deep throws and things of that sort. My dynasty team is on a two-game winning streak, and it's a two-quarterback. Two! Uh, I mean, a super flex with six-point touchdowns, and Dak is back, baby. The Dak I'm very excited about this. He's back. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, practicing in full. Looks like he's going to be uh, back. It's, it's very important that to note that he was limited they had him on a pitch count in the game that he came back in. Only played 32% of snaps in week five. So, I mean, now he's off the bye. He's going to come back. They're going to need him against Dallas. I think he's I think he's in for a big game. Yeah, I mean, if Amon Ra is healthy and ready to go coming off a bye, you play him. I don't think there's a, there's a question there either. I'm excited to see how he performs against Dallas as well. Pat Fryermuth uh, is back at practice on Wednesday. I don't know. This is the Wednesday practice report at this point on some guys that – haven't gotten their practice reports in. Um, uh, Pat Fryermuth uh, was a full partic- participant in Wednesday's practice. It, it didn't look like he was. It looked like a bad one, but if he's back, like go go for it. Pat Fryermuth is in a tight the tight end landscape that he has now. I think he's gonna play, and I'd start him right away. Go for it. Go grab a gopher, and start Patrick Fryermuth. You just call him Patrick? Patrick. Are you just calling everyone by their full <laughs> first name? That's now? right. Is it because I call you Michael and not Mike? No. <laughs> Can you, are you going to call me Timothy today? Uh, I'll probably stick with the theme. Ephemios? 
My Greek name, by the way. Uh, this is a cool one. Pro Football Network's Aaron Wilson um, reports. Michael, what are you, what are you doing? Sorry. Shifting over. I was very uncomfortable. Uh, Aaron Wilson repeats that the, the Chiefs are a strong contender to sign Odell Beckham Jr. Um, what do you think about that? That piece of news. That would be fun. Maybe a second half uh, stir up a little bit in the in that Chiefs offense. They could use another weapon, I think. I also saw from a check mark on Twitter. I can't remember who, but he had a check mark that apparently the Green Bay Packers are all in on trying to trade for Chase Claypool. That would be nice. That would raise Chase Claypool's stock for sure. That probably wouldn't be good for Alan Lazard. No. no. It wouldn't be good for any of the pass catchers. Claypool is probably... Arguably, like, at, I'd say he's probably better than Alan Lazard. I guess you could argue they're at, like, a similar level, but. I'd say in, in terms and of. certainly above everyone else, like the Romeo Dubs and company. Dobbs. Yeah, I, I agree, though. Like, for sure. Um, uh, Any other news that I want to get into today? Nope, move along. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and do, 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 newsy, newsy, news. All right, now let's get into our first uh. Category, the tier breaker up, a guy that we believe is going to go up a tier and not give you tiers. Happy tiers is what they'll give you. Michael, who's your first tier breaker up? My first tier breaker up is someone. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Before we get into that, I'm sorry. Uh, Remember that the bye weeks this week, big bye weeks. Oh, yeah. It's It's a brutal week. Making rankings. I was like, whew. Yeah. Bills, Vikings, Eagles, Rams. That is mad fantasy production. In, uh, from those teams. So uh, pay attention because you're probably going to need some of these guys we're talking about today. Uh, let's get into this tear breaker up for the first one. Michael, sorry for rudely interrupting you. Yeah, what The are you floor is yours, sir. His life. Uh, my first tear breaker up is Juju Smith-Schuster. And I know we've, we've hey, been here before. Yeah, we've been here before. But look, Juju is the wide receiver 21 in true target value on the season um, for wide receivers with 10 or more opportunities. But he's outside the top 40 in points per game. This gap was even wider last week before uh, before Juju, the regression came and Juju finished as a top 10 wide receiver. Even in his second lowest target total of the game with just five. He caught the five balls, went over 100 yards, caught a touchdown. Now the Chiefs get San Fran, whose defense was elite to start the season, but it's looked nowhere near as daunting um, as it did a couple weeks ago now after this past week when they've been hit with just a litany of injuries all over their secondary, their defensive line. And then Marcus Mariota just, like, tore them apart. And the Atlanta Falcons. Mar- Mariota threw one inc- incomplete pass the entire game. Uh, they drove down the field with ease. They just, it, w- it wasn't even really ever a close game. And uh, a lot of that had to do with the 49ers throwing in guys on their defense that haven't been the real uh, the real difference makers um, for that defense this year because of injuries. And that's not changing this week against KC. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to carve up the Niners' defense. Kelsey is Kelsey. He's going to do his thing. But week six was the first time we saw a Chiefs wide receiver really step up and make plays, and that was with Juju breaking out two long catches. One of them was a touchdown, of course. I'm giving him another shot here um, for the regression to continue in his in the positive direction. Um, he's now seen a snap percentage over 85% in back-to-back weeks, and I think he's established himself as a clear number one wide receiver option in that wide receiver room. So, Juju, I'm giving you uh, one more shot to uh, you know continue the the ascendance here. I will say, if, if he goes back-to-back, back, then this might be another true target value gem. Yeah. Because uh, last year, the true target value gem was... T. Higgins. T. Higgins. This year, the true true target value gem might be Juju. Yeah. Not quite at the same level as T. Higgins. T. Higgins was top 10. Juju was 
Uh, Juju's at 21 at the moment, but still, nonetheless, 21 would be a very solid wide receiver too. Yes, it would. Uh, let me get into my tear breaker up. Look, I just told you that there's a chance Keenan Allen plays. Even if Keenan Allen plays, I am still all full steam ahead on Gerald Everett. I think that he is a top four or three. Right now, I have him as my tight end three. Even even in this landscape, I have him as the... Basically, if your name's not Andrews or Kelsey, I'm not playing you I'll bet you he's not top five. Everett. I'll, I'll bet that. Okay. This is going to... This is another easy... When I, actually, you know what? That's a too easy of a bet for you. How about Top seven? Seven is fine. Okay. All right. Uh, but I think he's going to be in the th- is going to be the third. Even if Keenan Allen comes back, even if Keenan Allen comes back last year, the tight ends got 110 targets on the season. Even though uh, Allen got 157 targets, Williams got 129 targets, and Eckler got 94 targets. The tight ends last year still got 110 targets. So I think Gerald Everett is going to have a role on this team. Um, soft tissue injuries have a high risk of injury. I'm not wishing anything. Um, Upon Keenan Allen, we talked about it already, but if he does play, that's not a that's not out of the question. He'll also most likely be on a pitch count. And most importantly, the Seattle Seahawks are a fantastic matchup. The Seattle Seahawks are the best matchup according to true uh true matchup ranking. Uh, so if you don't know what true matchup ranking is, it's an exclusive stat on the app that tells you exactly what the teams do only against the players that they play. So for example, uh, if the Seattle Seahawks give up 15 points to Travis Kelsey or give up 15 points to uh, Dalton Schultz, Travis Kelsey averages 15 points, so they'll be at zero points above average. On the other hand, Schultz has five. They'll be 66% above average. So even though those two teams have given up the same amount of points, now you know truly what they've given up based on the average of the guys that they play. With that being said, they give up 143 percent points over average to the tight end one of the reasons why Taysom Hill was my um was my sleeper that that week that he went off was because I'm like they're they suck against the QB they suck against the rushing QB and they suck against the tight end and they suck against the running back that's all that's the all the things that Tyson that Taysom Hill does um but this this tool has been especially bullseye on tight ends I'm going to trust the tool I'm going to trust the the opportunities that Gerald Everett has been getting, he has been consistently targeted every single week, and I think Gerald Everett uh, tear breaks into a upper echelon type uh, tight end performance that we're not used to seeing this season, from except from the big guys. I'm not super into it if Keenan Allen plays, but we'll see. Okay, is that is that, is that your entire? Uh, yeah, I mean with the tight end landscape, I'd play him for sure if Keenan Allen's not uh, playing playing but i'm not uh sold on him completely if Allen does return where do you have him in your rankings right now uh, around tight end 11 i believe really that's too low michael assuming keenan allen plays that's too low obviously i'll raise it if not all right michael you're up yeah my second tier breaker up is uh josh reynolds tim is there a wide receiver more disrespected in fantasy football world than josh reynolds i don't at think the moment? so i don't think so since week two reynolds's weekly finishes and ppr are Wide receiver 34, wide receiver 26, wide receiver 9, and wide receiver 19. One game this season outside the top 36 wide receivers. Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson even have two games each outside the top 36 wide receivers. Obviously, I'm not saying Josh Reynolds is those two guys, but that's the type of consistency Josh Reynolds has put out there on a week-to-week basis. And look, the Lions are coming off a bye this week as, as well. They just got shut out against the Patriots where Josh Reynolds was the only factor um, on that offense to actually get something going. 
and I expect their offense to get back into a bit of a rhythm this week against the Cowboys with the uh, with the extra rest and the extra time to prepare for the Cowboys. Even with Amon Ra returning, we've seen the Lions support multiple pass catchers this season. DJ Chark is expected to be out once again. Uh, the Cowboys defense is a very good one. They're below average matchup across the board in points over average, but the wide receiver group is the most exploitable. They're 23rd in points over average, so a little bit below average of a matchup, but that's their uh, that's their best matchup um, according to points over average in terms of you know wide receivers, QBs, tight ends, and running backs. So, look, Josh Reynolds is still being ranked outside the top 50 wide receivers. That's just disrespectful. He's a wide receiver three for me, and uh, I think he's going to return wide receiver three value once again. I like that one. I like I I think that he's a he's a desperation like flex type play if you need a play this week that no one, that's going really under the radar. I'll tell you in our 16 team dynasty league which is a very thin one, he's become a weekly I love starting him kind of guy in that league yeah. where like 7 points is is hell yeah. You know what I mean? Uh but he's also blown up for a 20. So, let's see what happens with Amon Ra back. I think with Amon Ra's going to soak up them targets. Um my second one, Tony Pollard. Look, what you're, but, but Zeke, but I, they're playing the Lions. And not only that, I'm kind of trying to right now acquire Tony Pollard wherever I can because I just have a feeling that the change is coming. Uh, the last week, they almost they split carries almost 50-50. Tony Pollard has doubled up Zeke in targets this season. Um, yes, they've had games where Zeke is leaned on more, but... I just don't think that this team, with their playoff aspirations, can continue to not play the guy who's super efficient more. And I think that uh, in a game like this with the Lions, where they are the second best matchup in true uh, true uh, matchup ranking, uh, they are they give up fifty percent more points over the average to the running back. Uh, they're particularly susceptible to uh, the pass catching back and. The Lions have already let multiple running backs have a decent good game to, to good game. First of all, they gave a 27 points to Rashad Penny, so not much room for anyone else there. And they gave up 17 points to Ramondre Stevenson, who Damian Harris got hurt in that game, right? But in the, those, those other games, in the game that they gave up 16 to Miles Sanders, they also gave up 9 to Kenneth Gainwell, 7 to Boston Scott. Those were th- different guys who scored touchdowns in that game. Uh, Dalvin Cook scored 13, but Alexander Madison also scored 10. Uh, when Antonio Gibson uh, put up 10, J.D. McKissick scored 6. Now, that's not like... I'm, that's not like if Tony Pollard scored six, you're not happy with that. But I'm just using that as an example of there is stuff to be had for two running backs in the same backfield. And relatively speaking, like if Antonio Gibson is scoring ten and McKissick is scoring six, that's sixty six percent of the of the of the total. So I think the Lions are susceptible here. I think that Tony Pollard has been super efficient. I, he's starting at least last week as well, starting to get a little more burn. I think that you're going to see that as well with 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 Dak on the field, who tends to throw to the running back a little more, tends to throw to the tight end a little more uh, than Cooper Rush. I feel like, okay, now you're going to see some some screen passes, some routes being run, and maybe this is one of those weeks where Tony Pollard has that blow up, uh, and even Zeke can still be good too because the Lions' rush defense is that weak. So, uh, I think my tearbreaker up. I think Tony Pollard is a is a playable RB two this week. So that's why I'm putting him in my tear breaker up. I'm not he his ceiling is is 
you know, 20 points, uh, 25 points. But I think uh, you can rely on 10. Yeah, yeah. You know me. I'm not a Tony Pollard, A.J. Dillon type of guy. Peep players in those roles. But he definitely does a better, uh, better matchup this week. So I don't hate it. Um, I just don't love it. My honorable mention, by the way, uh, about, depending on how the Elijah Moore news goes, Elijah Moore. The squeaky wheels gets the grease. Interesting. If you're in a deeper league and someone's given up on Elijah Moore, I feel like they're going to have some plays drawn up for Elijah. Even if the passing game isn't going, I think he's going to get some jet sweeps. I think he's going to maybe see a screen pass or two. They're going to put the ball in Elijah Moore's hands, man, because they, they, he made a fuss and you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Uh, let's go into the opposite now. Tear breaker down, down, down. Michael, I want you to go first because my two tear breakers are connected. So sure. Uh, my first tear breaker down, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk has come crashing back down to earth over the last three weeks. After looking like a potential top 15 uh, wide receiver after the first three weeks, Kirk has proceeded to finish as the wide receiver 46, 93, and 29. Over the last three weeks, but the wide receiver 29 finish was salvaged uh, by a touchdown. He only had four receptions for 24 yards. Through the last three weeks, Christian Kirk has only seven receptions and 95 yards. Trevor Lawrence has not been as good as he was to open the season, and Kirk has fallen off as well um, uh, due to that. And now they play the 5-1 and one New York Giants, who've continued to clamp down opposing wide receivers. They're now all the way up to 24th in points over average against wide receivers making them a below-average matchup for Christian Kirk and company. Um, Christian Kirk still plays nearly every snap and consistently sees targets, so I'm not saying to sit him, um, but seven receptions and 95 yards in a three-week span is not something to be uh, be very happy with. Um, he's still being ranked as a high-end wide receiver, too. I think people need to chill. They're, they're looking at the beginning of the season far too much. I think he's more of a wide receiver three and should be uh, looked at as such. Yeah, I think... Uh... He wasn't great. He's, you know, he's not, we mentioned on the show before, he's not great. Like, he's not a great player. He's a serviceable guy. And uh, it's easier to shut down your number one receiver. If your number one receiver is a slot guy, like, it's easier to shut him down when you have Zay Jones on the outside and he doesn't really, Marvin Jones, who, like, these guys are the two starting outside receivers and they put up duds every week. Like, there's only so much you could ask Trevor Lawrence to do, and there's so much you could ask Christian Kirk to do. It's just too much on his, on his shoulders. Um, so my two guys, I want to go I'm gonna go back-to-back, back, Michael, because they're both on the same team, and it's both basically the same reason. Shoot. My tear breaker down is David Montgomery. Uh, I, have no, uh, I have no faith in David Montgomery being able to score points this week. One of the reasons is because this week his coach came out and said that they're going to ride the hot hand at running back. Now... According to the snap count, David Montgomery's have going to have more opportunities to receive the hot hand, but Khalil Herbert had a big run last week. He scored, so he's been efficient. He's been good in David uh, David Montgomery's absence. Like I mentioned in the off season, Matt Eberflus has no loyalty to anyone in this backfield. The best player is going to play, um, and now he said it publicly. I don't think you should look too much into it. I don't think David Montgomery is going to lose his job. But when it comes to games like the Patriots, oh boy. Because I can tell you one thing. The Patriots, if you look at the numbers, and we can look at the numbers, the numbers look good. The Patriots are 30th. 
That means the third worst matchup against the running back, according to defensive points over average. They give up 23% less points over average, and they are dead last against the running back on the ground. Check this out. Michael, they only give up 8.9 points per game on the ground. 8.9 points per game on the ground. They That's they, solid. They only give up three rushing yards, two, to quarterbacks. So total, not counting wide receivers on like end arounds or anything like that, total, they're giving up 12 points on the ground a week. That's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah, pretty <laughs> solid. So that's one of the reasons. But also it's just philosophical. And I'm a Jets fan, and I could tell you that there's one thing that makes Bill Belichick the greatest of all time, and it's not Tom Brady was his quarterback. It's his ability to shut down the strength of the other team. He did that as the defensive coordinator of the Giants. He did it as the head coach slash defensive coordinator of the Browns. And now he's doing it as the head coach of the Patriots since he got hired there in before 2000, right? Like it was like 1999, I think he got hired there, something like that? You no, know I'm better bugging. than I am. I mean, you'd know better than I would. I don't know. I was four years old in yeah, yeah, 1999. Yeah, something like that. So, so, exactly. Since Michael's inception, since he was saying one plus one equals two. Um, so that's that's how long it's been. And he's just been doing it. And Justin, this this team, and Justin Fields and David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, they are completely run heavy. This is going to be a situation where they are going to isolate Equinemius St. Brown, I mean, on on the outside, Dar Darnell Mooney on the outside. They have Jack Jones, who's been one of the best cover corners in the league. They're going to play those guys man-to-man. -man. They're going to stack the box. Justin Fields is not going to be able to run. They might put one or two spies on him. Uh, David Montgomery's not going to be able to run because they're going to plug up every single hole before it even opens. This is going to be a shit show for the Bears. The Patriots have made people look stupid the last couple weeks, and the reason is not because the Patriots have all these superstars on the team. It's because Bill Belichick is still the head coach, and this is what he does. This is just what he does. So he's going to shut down the strength, and Matt Eberflus, who's in his seventh game all time being a head coach, I'm not counting on him out-coaching Bill Belichick. I'm comfortable betting, what, I'm comfortable betting whatever <laughs> spread there is in this game. I don't care who the quarterback is. Interesting. I'm I'm taking I'm David Montgomery and Justin Fields. David Montgomery, if you need to, if he's your starter, put him in your lineup and expect eight points, in my opinion. Justin yeah. Fields, Justin Fields already a quarterback too. Punt him. I'd rather start Jameis Winston. Andrew Dalton. I know. That was the point. <laughs> I'd just rather start the backup for the Saints. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously. But yeah. I can see Andrew I would Dalton start, outscoring. I would, Fields. I would start Andrew Dalton in a second. I mean, at this point, I'm going to move Andrew Dalton up to, like, QB2. I mean, and Andy Dalton, QB27. And don't don't Andrew, even say that name. Andrew Dalton, yeah. QB15. Yes, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, all right, let's get into your second tier breaker, Michael. Uh, my second tier breaker down, Cortland Sutton of the Denver Broncos. Oh, so yeah, the Broncos' oh, offense is broken, and it does not seem like it's going to be getting any better. Look, Russell Wilson had some small surgery done <clears throat> last week, and now his hamstring is hurt as well. Brett Ripien was doing the walkthrough, like we mentioned earlier. On top of that, they've just been atrocious all around. They've scored just one offensive touchdown in five of six games. The Cortland Sutton has done his best to stay productive in this wasteland they call the Denver Broncos <laughs> offense. He has four games as a wide receiver, three or better, of six, but the ceiling has just not been there. He has one touchdown on the season. 
Um, and he just got shut down in in against the Chargers, just three targets, two for 14, in what really shouldn't have been too difficult of a matchup. Now he gets the Sauce Gardner-DJ Reed combo as the number one option um, against the New York Jets. I've faded the number one options against the Jets. Um, not last week. Um, it was Romeo Dubs I was fading, but I faded Deontay Johnson. Um, and I forget the other name, but I've been fading opposing wide receivers against the Jets over the last several weeks, and now it's Corlin Sutton's turn to be faded because he's an outside receiver and he's going to have either Sauce Gardner or DJ Reed on him the entire game, basically, and those two have just been shutting down opposing wide receivers. The Jets' defense has been on the rise, and I would not be surprised if Corlin Sutton disappoints in Week 7. Guys, the Jets' defense is a legit fantasy option, by the way, and they're on, and they're on waiver wires everywhere. Yes. Um, so if you need a stream this week, I know we don't talk about streaming defenses, but we answer think we answer streaming defense questions on the uh, on the Discord. Uh, the Jets are a legit streaming option. Um, let's get into the matchup of the week, Michael. You you took the matchup of the week, so why don't you go first? Hmm. Oh, by the way, I really wanted to be I really wanted to talk about Cortland Sutton because I was drinking water when you passed it on to me. That's why I couldn't speak. And and. And then that's why I kept talking. But no, I, I had to make totally, it known. You just totally I had to make it known why I randomly just went mm, into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were they talking about? Oh, I I, I was going to pick Cortland Sutton, but Michael beat me to the punch, that son of a bitch. You thought I chose this matchup of the week because it was the most obvious one? I thought I was finally choosing one that wasn't the most obvious no, one. No, this is the highest over under the week. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> Lions and Cowboys. Yeah, man, of course. Yeah, this one should be fun, especially because the Lions are coming off... Uh, Coming off of a bye, um, that should help them out a little bit. Uh, we'll we'll see if that's the case. But the Dallas Cowboys defense has been very good, but they also get Dak Prescott back. So we got Jared Goff, who I think is <clears throat> streamable based on, I mean, depending on what quarterback options you have available to you. If Don, DeAndre Swift returns, you'd play him, obviously. Jamal Williams has been a top 12 back this year in points per game. Amon Ross St. Brown should return. I just had Josh Reynolds as a tier breaker up as well. TJ Hawkinson has had some... Decent games this this year. And then you got Dak returning on the other side. C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup is back to getting almost his full allotment of snaps. Zeke Pollard was your tear breaker up. Dalton Schultz. This game has a, a lot of potential for some fantasy goodness. And I'm uh, excited to see if this, is a, uh, if this is a shootout of sorts. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I want some more of it. I want some more of it. Um, my matchup is... The Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Seattle Seahawks in Los Angeles. Uh, this is also going to be, probably, I think, a smorgasbord of fantasy points. Uh, like I was talking about, the Seattle Seahawks are the most beautiful thing in fantasy land. A funnel offense. We love the funnel offense. It's going to be Kenneth Walker. It's going to be DK Metcalf. Kenneth Walker looked awesome last year. Amazing. He really look good. Yeah. Yo, this is a great rookie class so far. I yeah. know it's only been six. It's only been six uh, games, but the rookie class has been making a solid impact on the season so far. Um, it's kind of crazy because like the the NFL has been so mixed up, and I think it's because so many of these rookies have been making such an impact. It's like so many impact players around the league uh, that are brand new. Um, but like we were talking about with the Seattle Mariners, Kenneth Walker is getting the Chargers. The Chargers are tenth. Uh, in points over average to the running back. So a good matchup there in the positive, allowing 25 points a game to running backs. But they're also getting whipped by re- by receivers. Uh, the Chargers' big strength last year uh, was their secondary. This year, one of the worst 
uh, signings, and we're just talking about Bill, Bill Belichick turning Jack Jones into a great cover corner. J.C. Jackson leaves the Patriots. The Patriots, personally, um, I remember thinking when that happens, I don't know. If Bill Belichick didn't even consider giving him money, that is a, a red flag to me. But they give him a lot of money, and he's been one of the worst signings in the league. Right now, they're ninth against the wide receiver, and it's it's Geno going to two guys. You know, so I, I like this matchup a lot because on that side. And then on the other side, uh, the Chargers have a great matchup because the Seattle Seahawks defense has been absolutely horrible. They're the second best true true rank, true matchup rank uh, against the quarterback. So Justin Herbert, who's been struggling, maybe he gets back on the right track. Uh, in terms of running back, Austin Eckler, I'll, I'll take the eighth best uh, there. And in terms of tight end, Gerald Everett, I'll take the first best there. Now, the wide receivers have scored 22 points a game on them. That's 20 the 26 matchup but 22 points a game is also uh, a total that I, I would love to see out of some Mike Williams and a little bit of uh Gerald Jared Guyton if he plays you know what I mean so it, there's fantasy points uh to be given all around uh it's going to be a smorgasbord in my opinion of fantasy points and you know I, I just I I can't believe I want to watch a Seattle Seahawks game, but, you know, I do. Also, another positive for Austin Eckler uh, that I forgot to mention, they are fourth against the receiving running backs in true matchup rankings, which means they are the fourth best matchup, uh, fourth best true matchup. Uh, They are giving up 61% points over average to the receiving running back, which is exactly what Austin Eckler is. Uh, uh, Right now, Austin Eckler um, is my RB2 on the week. after Saquon Barkley, but the way the Jacksonville defense has been playing, possibly moving him up. I'm not possibly. I am right now moving him up into my RB1 slot. Remember, uh, people were legit concerned about Austin Eckler after, like, the first two weeks. I mean, he was in my stock down saying that if he had a bad week against the Texans, I would be concerned then, but that never happened, obviously. Correct. He got back to being Austin Eckler. And he's doing it in an offense that's just not clicking right now. So imagine when that offense starts clicking. Uh Austin Eckler has been a beast forever, and I expect him to continue being a beast. I love having him on my home league team this year. Um, what's the next one? That's it. We're done. We only get one. Ha-ha. Uh, let's go into our next category, the Grand Slammy Smash of the Week. If you're watching the baseball players, what are the base, what is, what's going on with the baseball players right now? Where like Where is the teams at? Astros are up one zip. Astros beat the Yankees? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even know they played yet. Yep. Yeah, last night? Last night, correct. And then and uh, the Phillies and... Padres have each won a game, I believe. Oh, so we're we're in the CSs. Yes. I uh I crapped out on baseball after the Mets lost. I just couldn't take it anymore. Uh, but I get the updates because we have a Mets chat who's who's always going for it. Michael, who's your first Grand Slam match of the week? My first Grand Slam. Oh, you know, slash- I, I'm, I'm sorry, Michael. Let me just let me just uh let me just uh cut you off there because actually my first Grand Slam slash smash smash of the week was Austin Eckler. So let me just get that out of the way this because we just talked about it. Um, Austin Eckler, for all the reasons that I mentioned, that just now we had, we just had an impromptu conversation about Austin Eckler right before I was about to talk about Austin Eckler. I mentioned everything I had to say. So Michael, you go into your first one. Fair enough. I'm gonna stick with the running back position. So at least you got that going for you. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was setting was really setting like a workhorse tier of his own before the bye week. It came out of nowhere. But I'm, re- I'm happy to be wrong about this one because I was I used to be a fan of Josh Jacobs and it seems like that them not letting not getting the extension lit a fire under him where he's really like running more aggressively this season. Yeah, but like he wasn't really getting a workhorse like 
handle of the backfield. And then in week four, they said, screw it. Let's just give the ball to Josh Jacobs. He saw 89% of snaps. He ran the ball 28 times and he saw six targets. And then in week five, Jacobs saw 81% of snaps, ran 21 times and saw five targets. In those two weeks, he ran for 298 yards, three rushing touchdowns and had 10 receptions for 70 receiving yards. Just astounding numbers that led to -to back-to-back top three overall running back performances. And now he gets the Houston Texans. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, that's right. The Houston Texans off a bye. Um, With Waller looking like he's going to miss the week as well. The Texans are 28th in running back uh, points over average. Excuse me. They're they're fourth in points over average to opposing running backs. So they're the fourth best matchup for Josh Jacobs to have. And the teams where he he ran crazy were the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, those are not cakewalk defenses. This is a cakewalk defense against Houston. Off a bye. Bad rushing defense. I think their offense is going to work through Josh Jacobs once more, and he has a really sky-high potential this week. I'm looking at Derrick Henry for some sky-high potential as well for my second one because he makes a living out of murdering the Colts. And this year, the Colts' defense has been terrible without Shaq Leonard. Uh, You know what? Without Shaq Leonard honestly punching the ball out one time a game, this defense has been much worse. Uh, now, Stephon Gilmore has been playing out of his mind, so they're decent against the wide receiver. But against the running back, they're getting absolutely torched. And it's on the ground. Uh, 16 points alone on the ground. That's 28.8% above the average of the players that they're facing. And now they're facing Derrick Henry, who's an absolute beast. Um, this this has just not been a good defense. And Derrick Henry is going to get the, the work. And he's beaten up on the Colts before. Really, it's win, win, win. Uh, bullseye, where's it at? Derrick Henry, 20 points, lock it. Boing. Yeah, I mean, if, if there's a wager, I would I would imagine that the wager on Derrick Henry scoring two touchdowns in this game is, is something low, like two plus How would we go crazy here, Tim? Josh Jacobs versus Derrick Henry bet. I believe in Josh Jacobs this week, though. Like, you're making me, like, I believe in him. I, I, have, I have Josh Jacobs ranked right now. Um... Give me one second. I have to republish the rankings to put Austin Eckler first. I have Josh Jacobs seven, and I have Derrick Henry uh, three. Yeah, I have uh, similar similar rankings. Yeah. So, I don't know if I want to take that, but, I mean, All let's right. just do it. Let's just do it. Fuck it. <laughs> Derrick Henry versus Josh Jacobs. Though. Yeah, peer pressure. <laughs> I mean, we need to get some bets going. Yeah. Because that I love that episode, <clears throat> uh, even though I got completely walloped last week. Uh, Michael, who is your second? I know that's it. We're done. Right? No, nope. I have Go. one more. My second, and you're going to be happy about this one. Alan Lazard. Anyone who drafted yeah. Alan Lazard at ADP this year is happy that they've done so thus far. All the detractors who thought Lazard would still be a useless fantasy option because of previous target shares and things of that sort have now seen him finish as a wide receiver two or better in three straight weeks and a top 30 wide receiver in four straight weeks. His connection with Rodgers just keeps growing as well. Over the last three weeks, Alan Lazard has seen at least a 20% target share in each game and is on the field for virtually every single snap. He's also scored four of five weeks this season, and while touchdowns are not necessarily the most sticky stat and not the most reliable, he clearly has Rodgers' trust in the red zone and is the only consistent red zone option on this team. And if they're connecting at a level like the play where he scored the touchdown against the Jets last week, as Tim could definitely tell you, unguardable play, I mean, that was just Aaron Rodgers being a beast and Alan Lazard coming down with it. It was like a back shoulder fade type route. Where there was there was also a shot on the sideline where he put it right in between the corner and the 
and the uh, safety. Yeah, that was glorious. And, and the, another, it was like 30 yards for Lazard there, too. Yeah, and that's what happens when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. So Lazard now gets the Washington Commanders this week, who are the first best matchup in points over average to opposing wide receivers and the first to opposing quarterbacks passing. Not first overall because teams don't rush against Washington much, but first passing, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't run to begin with. So we got the number one matchup passing for Aaron Rodgers and the number one matchup receiving for Alan Lazard. This is after back-to-back embarrassing losses to the New York teams, the Giants and the Jets, back-to-back weeks where Rodgers didn't even close out the game against the Jets. Jordan Love had to come in and close it out. I think a Lazard, a Rodgers-Lazard explosion week could be on tap here. Oh, duh, baby. I like it. I look, I have I have Alan Lazard lit on almost every team that I'm on that I have, and I love it. He's either a great wide receiver five, or he's my wide receiver three, or he's a great wide receiver four. Either way, it's amazing having Alan Lazard on the squad, and I really hope they don't get Chase Claypool so that it stays that way. Um, let's go to the my uh, the next category. Excuse me. The bench warmer. There you go. You did it. I did it. The bench warmer of the week. The guy that you'd actually, you know, not in all circumstances, but in most circumstances, put straight on that bench. And I'm going to tell you two guys for one in this one. I'm not starting Melvin Gordon or Latavius Murray uh, against the Jets. Uh, now, the Jets def- the Jets run defense, according to uh, defensive points over average, is right in the middle of the league, 15th in the league. But they are getting better as the year goes on. Uh, they are a young defense. Uh, they have young players on that defense, and they're getting, and like I said, they're getting better as the year goes on. And Vinny Curry coming back last week uh, was a very underrated thing. Vinny, Vinny Curry is a guy who uh, perennially would get like seven, eight sacks. He, he's like, um, he's like, uh, what's, what's that guy that keeps getting traded? He's like a, 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 a defensive end for hire. Um, I, I forget his name. He was on the he was on the Raiders. He was on the the Vikings. He was on Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe. Ngakwe. He's just like a defensive end for hire. I feel like Vinny Curry is like that too. He just he, he get the quarterback and do nothing else. Um, but anyway, uh, Melvin Gordon, Lat Murray, the the whole locker room dynamic there is crazy. I don't know if you heard, but Melvin Gordon, like he had a he had an exclusive interview with NFL Network, and he was like, "Man, it really hurt that I wasn't put in the game yesterday last week against." And then they the the Chargers put me with a clown face on the big screen. <laughs> Um, and that hurt too. He was like just being like mad truthful. He's like, yo, this stuff hurt. And uh, Nathaniel Hackett said that, who's the head coach, said that he was going to, Melvin Gordon was going to start last week. And they asked him in the locker room, how do you feel about that? And Melvin Gordon goes, well, I started last week. So like, this is obviously not something that's, that's settled in the locker room. And when you have Melvin Gordon not knowing where he's at, Latavius Murray just new to the team. Sure, he's a veteran, but he's Latavius Murray. And the Jets defense looking awesome. That whole combination uh, together, plus it might be a situation where Russell Wilson doesn't even play. Um, that whole situation together is really, that's just a, a backfield that I'm avoiding this week. And I wouldn't be excited to start either Melvin Gordon or Lat Murray right now. I have Melvin Gordon and Lat Murray ranked um, extremely low at third. Quarterback at running back. I have Latavius Murray at running back 33 and Melvin Gordon at running back 35. It's probably best to avoid for now situation. See how it plays out this week. Yeah. Um, and there's, and by the way, if you're saying, hey, Tim, you have them ranked in uh, in starting territory. That's RB3 territory. RB3 is not really starting territory. Like there's 
I don't know any leagues that play with three RBs. It's not like wide receiver where wide receiver three starting territory. Yeah. You're getting into flex bench territory here. Yeah. Um, with that being said, Michael, where you at? Let me just add, Josh Reynolds mixed, missed practice again today, so he might not play. Um, so I'm just going to throw in Alec Pierce as a name to consider um, since I had a whole segment about Josh Reynolds, and now this guy decides he was going to get injured. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Alec how, Pierce. How could he? Doesn't he know, know right? that he's the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast It needs him? Alec Pierce I shouted out a few uh, weeks ago. He has um, a touchdown or at least 60 yards in each of his last four games, double digits in each of his last three games. Um, his role is expanding. Great matchup against Tennessee. I like him this week to uh, to continue rolling. But with that being said, bench warmer of the week, A.J. Dillon. Anyone who still ranks A.J. Dillon as a top 24 running back needs to enter the real world. Um, he's yet to top double digits since week one. He's not been a top 24 running back in half PPR since week one. And he has just two games on the entire season with more than two receptions. He's still playing behind Aaron Jones. Um, and the Commanders are 28th against opposing running backs in points over average, 15th receiving, and 31st rushing. And Dylan sees less targets than Jones, so 15th receiving doesn't even help out Dylan much. Um, he's more of the uh, the rushing guy in this offense right now, with Aaron Jones edging him out by three targets on the year. Uh, the Packers' offense has been bad for several weeks now. I expect them to find success this week, as I mentioned, but that's through the air. Um, so leave Dylan on your bench because he is a worthless. Um, start at the moment, and he has been for several weeks now, like I've been trying to tell people. Michael, uh, by the way, Damian Harris, full participant today in practice. Ooh, not good for Ramondre Steven season. No, no, that is not. No, Steven season? Yes. Steven, like Steven season? Yes. Grody, man. It's like a thing. Yeah, no, the, the fantasy footballers do that too, and not, not about it. Not about it. Um, I hate it too. Yeah, but you just did it. So you're I perpetuating know. it. You're perpetuating hate, Michael. Yeah, Wait, up. what's wrong I with you? I messed up big time. Uh, I have Ramondre Stevenson at running back eight right now. That's going to have to change drastically if Mr. Harris practices tomorrow. Um, in full, at least. Uh, my second sit of the week, DJ Moore. Um, at this point, I just want to point out specifically that DJ Moore is no longer a startable situation for your team. Um, they're playing against Tampa Bay, who is going to make P.J. Walker's life a living hell. And this team is not playing uh, for anything uh, in particular. Uh, they are a lost cause right now. They are playing for the number one pick. I think that this is going to be like a Jets situation where you could just count on every single team that plays the uh, plays the Carolina Panthers is going to have an opportunity to shut down D.J. Moore. And uh, the Bucks have have been not a great matchup uh, for the wide receiver. And I think that's an important uh, thing as well. I think that uh, when you're looking at, all right, so are you looking at any other options uh, besides like, like CMC? No, no problem. Even though you're actually, let me ask you a question, Michael. Are you starting CMC uh, in this game? Yes. Are you starting him with confidence? It's CMC. He's the only person I'm ever starting with confidence on that offense. Who are you gonna sit him for? Trying to get slapped up right now. Uh, by the way, the Buccaneers, uh, middle of the pack in defensive points over average. That's why I lost my train of thought a little bit there, to, just to peek behind the curtain because I, I was panicking and trying to get uh, their defensive points over average. Uh, but yeah, D, uh, DJ Moore, uh, sit him. No reason to play him. Let, let me do this, Michael. Let me see if you're on on board with me. 
Who would you play over DJ Moore here? Alec Pierce. Yes. Robert Woods. Yes. Uh, Michael Gallup. Yes. George Pickens. No. At Miami. Darnell Mooney. No. At New England. Tyler Boyd versus Atlanta. Yes. You'd play Tyler Boyd over DJ Moore? Yep. Uh, Garrett Wilson at Denver. No. Chase Claypool at Miami. Yes. Oof. Michael, you're you're even lower on DJ Moore than I am, bro. What's the point of liking DJ Moore at this point? <laughs> to hurt yourself? Like, <laughs> uh, 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 True. Michael, uh, who you got? Uh, I wish Matt was here for this one. I kind of chose this one to poke fun of him a little bit. <laughs> um, so, damn it. But it's Jacoby Myers. Um, you guys are going to be back and look, forth with Jacoby Myers putting, all season. Putting Jacoby Myers into your starting lineup is like ordering dinner from your local diner. You know, it's like it's safe and reliable choice, but you know you only ordered there because of those things and not because the product is outstanding. It's just because it's safe and reliable and people like safety and reliability. If you want wide receiver three or four production, go ahead and start Jacoby Myers. Have at it. Go crazy. I don't have an issue with it. But the Patriots are playing against the Chicago Bears this week. 31st ranked matchup in wide receiver points over average in a game that has rain forecasted as well. Uh, Mac Jones might return. Who knows if he'll be a little rusty. I just have no interest in the limited upside receiver in a tough matchup this week. I can't I can't argue with you on that one. That one's going to be a hard yes for That me. being said, I'd probably still start him over DJ Moore. <laughs> I mean, I have Jacoby Myers at wide receiver 26. So I'm not super out on him, but I'm also not super in on him. I think you could play him as a wide receiver three. Like you said. You know, wide receiver three. Yay. You know, hamburger mm. with the sesame seed bun. That's what that is. All right. Let's get into our sleep. <laughs> Good old in. Frankie's Diner. Good old Frankie's Diner. You know, I'm just making up a local why you, diner. Why don't, why don't you actually? We have so many local diners that you can shout out. We got Neptune. Mini Star. We got Mike's. R.I.P. Mini Star. R.I.P. Mike's. The local diner is actually Mike's, a yeah. dying thing in our neighborhood. Tasties is whatever. Tasty's Diner. That's get not really a diner. Tasty's it's is called Tasty's like Diner. Americana. I mean, it's the old school diner vibes. So. At this point, Michael, we're just having a conversation <laughs> that nobody even knows what we're talking about. All right, let's get into <laughs> let's get into something that people actually know what we're talking about. Um, my first diamond in the rough sleeper is the ice cream sandwich himself. That's right, Mr. Robert Woods. Now, Mr. Robert Woods is not the flashiest name, but prior to the Titans' Week Six game, he saw 21 targets over the previous three games. He caught a TD during that span, and his first big yardage game, totaling 85. Uh, yards was in week three against the Raiders. Now the Titans got the Colts who have been a matchup who have been a matchup to target this season as they are third in points over average to quarterbacks and 16th to wide receivers. Cherry on top. Titans are coming off a bye. Two weeks to prepare for this. Uh, old, he's an old man coming off an injury. Some fresh legs. Um, I just think it's going to be the Robert Woods show. Robert Woods coming in about a bing about a boom. I'd, I'd play hey. him comfortably. I, I I have Robert Woods right now ranked. Where are I you? I mean, I like Roberts. it against Indy. I think they have a. I think this has some uh, some scoring potential here, more than people think, in this game. JT looks like he's probably going to return as well. I have him ranked as thirty-two, right now he's wide receiver thirty-two, so a little higher ahead. than me, but. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I know it's all right, Michael. Thank you. Who's your first? <laughs> My first sleeper, Wandell Robinson. I went with two like deeper-ish sleepers, but 
I know Wondell Robinson is a is a popular one these days, but uh, it's for good cause. He played just 12 snaps in Week 6 in his rookie debut, but in those 12 snaps, he was targeted four times and turned that into 3.37 and 1. An impressive debut. And now, But now, look, the reason I have him here as a sleeper is because there's still a significant amount of risk here. I hear, I hear a lot of people talking about Wondell as if he's some sort of a sure thing now. Um, but what happens if his snaps only increase to 15 or 20 or something of that sort? And if that happens... How many targets are we going to see? Three targets, four targets. It's also a run-first offense with the Giants. So simmer down on Wondell Robinson being some type of star right away or anything like that. Um, don't be silly and start him over established studs. However, if you're hurting for wide receivers, um, if Wondell does see a significant increase in snaps, see seven targets plus against the Jaguars, um, who are fourth in points over average to opposing wide receivers, we could see some magic out of him week in week seven, and I think he's a, a decent flex play with some upside, but just I don't want everyone getting crazy over Wandell and missing out on the downside that's there too. But I do like him here as a uh, as an upside flex in like a, uh, a situation where you're where your points needy. The the rare point where Michael's trying to talk you out of his own sleeper. I just you know how people <laughs> you know how people get like with the with the shiny new toy people yeah. like Wandell Robinson or. Deontay Johnson. Or Deontay Johnson, something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure, going to sure. do that. Yeah. Uh, let's get into... Well, we have one more. Yeah, let's get into the deep sleeper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Michael, why don't you go first on this one? Yeah, I went deep um, with mine. Rashad White. The Buccaneers just got embarrassed by the Steelers. That is deep. And now they get the Carolina Panthers, the most embarrassing team in the NFL. The Panthers are first overall in points over average to opposing running backs, first in receiving, and fifth in rushing. Enter Rashad White, who has now seen at least four targets in each of the last three games and has averaged four rush attempts per game during the stretch as well. While this is clearly not a huge role by any means, it is larger than it was to start the season, and they trusted him as a receiver on a big fourth down call um, against Pitt last week on a fourth and two where the pass went to Rashad White, and he converted by a... catching it for like two and a half yards, but he made the play. Um, there's a good shot. The Bucks come out gum, guns blazing and take a commanding lead early against Carolina. And if that happens, we're almost guaranteed to see Rashad White set a new season high in touches. This is not a play for the faint of heart, but I do think Rashad White has some flex upside in this matchup if everything goes as planned. We've been saying it. There are a lot of good teams on by. Some people are in desperate situations. I think Rashad White could be one of those surprise players where it's like wow i had to put him in my lineup but i'm sure glad that i did interesting i actually have rashad white michael who would you play kareem hunt or tyler lockett or uh rondell moore pick two out of three i'd sit hunt yeah i'm doing that right now i love asking michael that question on the show because he has to answer it's our home league (laughs) (laughs) where i am currently the leader in points by how much over you michael one like, and a half points, like I think. 2.5 points, yeah. like 2.4 <laughs> points or something like that. Um, all right, my my deep sleeper <clears throat> is someone that Michael's been the guy about so far, but I'm going to sing his praises this week. It's our hometown, Corey Davis. Now, Corey Davis has been a wide receiver four or better in four or six games this season and a top 30 wide receiver three times. Now, this is a deep sleeper. I'm not telling you he's going to blow up, but 
he's getting the work. His role has increased this season, has gone as the season has gone on, especially when uh, the change was made to Zach Wilson. In week six, he played 85% of the snaps to to Elijah Moore's 58% and Wilson's 44%. He had just one less target than Garrett Wilson since Zach Wilson returned and six more targets than Elijah Moore. He led the Jets pass catchers with 164 receiving yards during that time as well. Um, it's a tough matchup against the Broncos. I'm not saying it's not, but... The Jets are going to have to pass. They're going to have to pass to somebody. And right now, Zach Wilson's go-to guy is Corey Davis, especially in the big spots where he, true. he goes and, and makes his uh, Zach Wilson he plays. Like the, the highlights of Zach Wilson's career so far have been the off-script, roll-out, uh, find Corey Davis down the field. That's what it's been. So, um, yeah, I think Corey Davis is another solid play here. Uh, if you need someone in a pinch, he's a deeper sleeper. Like I said, this is not someone who I'm um, preaching must be played. But I think Corey Davis is being slept on right now, so he can be played as the deep sleeper. I don't hate it. It is a very tough matchup, but maybe the Jets are forced to throw a little bit more. All right, we Mike. shall see. Who's your uh, Who's your second? Who's your deep sleeper? Oh no, no you already, already did, did your deep yeah. sleeper. All right, let's get into our streamers of the week. This is one that. Me and Michael had an argument over in uh, the Discord. <laughs> yeah, it was you're fun. already you're already in this. Uh, you already know what we're about to say if you're in the Discord right now because me and Michael were debating it. His is Matt Ryan. I'm not even gonna let him say his, and mine is Marcus Mariota. Trying to fight right now, too. So Michael, go ahead and tell me why the worst quarterback ever is is going to succeed. Tim, I believe in a tough week of a quarterback. Not, not, I'm sorry, not the worst quarterback ever. Let me the most overrated quarterback ever. Yeah, calling him Very, the worst ever. Yeah, yeah, just, that's that's uh, that was, I misspoke. Look, Matt Ryan over the last four weeks has been the QB fifteen, the QB twelve, the QB twenty nine against Denver, obviously not good, and the QB two overall this past week against Jacksonville. The Even QB fifteen, oh my god! Like that is three weeks where he did not kill you. Seventeen whole points. <gasps> Yo, I'm about to what? punch you. I'm about to punch you sitting next to me right now. <laughs> Look, even in the game against Denver where he where he did not uh, put up many fantasy points because he didn't throw a touchdown. He still had 250 passing yards in Denver. It's basically put the clamps on every single opposing quarterback that they have faced this year. But, look, Matt Ryan also has a healthy Paris Campbell who played 100% of snaps, a healthy Alec Pierce whose role is increasing, a healthy Michael Pittman. Jonathan Taylor might also return. Matt Ryan has not been terrible this year. He already has a QB1 finish this year against Tennessee. With a uh, banged-up wide receiver core, now he has a fully healthy receiver core. Tennessee is the fourth-best matchup passing-wise for opposing quarterbacks. I mean, I think Matt Ryan is a solid streamer this week. I think he has a pretty high floor, and, I mean, he showed a decently high ceiling this past week against Jacksonville. I don't think he's going to have to throw 50 times again, but he also didn't need to throw 58 times last week against Jacksonville. It's not like they were out of the game, but they were passing a lot. They weren't a run first team. I know Jonathan Taylor might return, but uh, just as the, just that little just oh I know the best running back in the league might return. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor might return this week, which obviously would probably lead to them rushing more. But I still think Matt Ryan has appeal here. The bet of Matt Ryan versus Marcus Mariota has already been made. Yes. Now let me tell you why Michael is going to eat his words about Matt Ryan this week because Matt Ryan over the last two and a half seasons has only backed up a quarterback one performance with another quarterback one performance twice. And one of those was QB12 and QB12. So barely, barely, and that happened two years ago. Matt Ryan does not have 
does not have two good games in a row. He has not had two good games in a row this year. He has not had two. He had one stretch where he had two games in a row last year, and he had one barely counts. I I hated that it said QB twelve on both of those. I was like, oh my god, this ruins my stat, but it doesn't. It makes it stronger because I pointed it out. On top of that, Marcus Mariota, on the other hand, yes, he's playing a Cincinnati team that is a harder matchup, but I don't care because Marcus Mariota is part of the game plan. Did you know that Marcus Mariota is the QB 12 overall right now? He's finished as a, as a QB 12 or better in four or six weeks. He is rushing like crazy. You can count on him. You can count on him for seven, eight rushes a game. And that's more than you can count on for anyone. That's, that's, he's going to rush for 50 yards a game. That's basically a free touchdown. I'm taking Marcus Mariota in this matchup all day, every day against Matt Ryan, who hasn't backed up a good performance in two and a half years. Give me Marcus Mariota. I mean, I think they're both decent streaming options. <laughs> Michael, why are you being <laughs> rational? Because what is this shit? I still prefer Matt Ryan, but they're both decent streaming options. Man, shut up, Michael. What Fair about enough. Jimmy G? I prefer them both to Jimmy G. Fine. What about Davis Mills in a good matchup? In a great matchup. The answer is never Davis Mills. <laughs> All right, Michael, who's your tight end streamer? My tight end streamer is a guy who uh still pretty widely available, and the targets have been there of late, and that is Evan Ingram. Um, in a revenge game against the New York Giants, Evan Ingram over the last two weeks has 16 targets. On those 16 targets, he has 11 receptions um, and over 100 yards. Uh, he hasn't found the end zone. Over these last couple of weeks, he hasn't found the end zone at all, rather, um, for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. But um, it's a revenge game, a game where the Jaguars just lost a uh, lost a tough one um, against the Colts. And now they have to they're actually on a three game losing streak after winning two in a row um, weeks two and three. So they're looking to turn it around. They get the New York Giants who are rolling five and one. This is their the easiest matchup on the, for the Giants have had over the last several weeks on paper. Um, I think it might be a little bit of a trap game there, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I think if the if the um, Jaguars are going to find success against the Giants, none of the matchups are great in terms of points over average. The Giants defense has been solid. But if you're getting 16 targets over a two-game span from the tight end position, then you certainly um, are an interesting streaming option. And I think Evan Ingram has some appeal here in a, in a revenge game against, against the Giants. Evan Ingram is always <laughs> like, he's... He's like a, he's like a, a like the rotating sushis, where he's just like always on the wire, and you can just pick him up whenever you want and just use him. And you just, just put it back. Put it back. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's let's get into a guy that I wouldn't put back. I think that this is a tight end that has some juice, and it's Greg Dolchich, um, of the Denver Broncos. Like we said, they're shopping Albert O. He was a late scratch. And in his first game, uh, he's a rookie. And you know we don't usually like rookie tight ends, but he's getting the opportunity. He only got three targets, but caught two of them for 44 yards. Two of those targets, I mean, well, sorry, one of those targets was in the end zone. That was the only incomplete pass. And he also made a great catch for a 39-yard uh, run run after the catch. Uh, it seems like he is locked in as the pass-catching tight end for this team. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks have always had... A good pass tight end options. Russell Wilson is a guy who likes to find his tight end, and so if it's if it's just gonna be him and no Albert O, uh, I mean the dude's playing seventy one percent of snaps. Like yeah, he's a rookie, but it's it's a it's a lot like the Daniel Bellinger situation. It's just like if these guys are gonna play and these guys are gonna be the pass catchers. 
maybe something that never happened before happens because they have the opportunity to make it happen. And uh, this week against the Jets, the Jets have allowed 10 points a game to tight end so far this year. Sign me up for 10 points. I'll say that right now. Uh, so, you know, if you are in a spot where you need a tight end, which is basically everyone, um, I would take a chance on picking up some Greg Dolchich and uh, taking a chance to see uh, what's going on. For example, I, in my home league, I have Gerald Everett. And if Keenan Allen comes back, I'm going to need a tight end. And I picked up Greg Dolchich to to get that tight end. So uh, that's just an example. My streamer of the week, Greg Dolchich. Yeah, we'll see if uh, Russell Wilson even plays. I will say I've been on a little bit of a hot streak with the uh, with the streamers of the week. The streamatorium, baby. The streamatorium is here. Oh man, how can I forget to call it the streamatorium? All right, let's get into the patron question. Starts it again. This is an exclusive feature uh, for the patreons. We have a we have a whole Discord channel just for polls um, and starts it questions and all the above. So, uh, whoa, a lot of messages today. Oh, we are going to have a fun time. All right, Michael, ready to get into it? Mm-hmm. All right. Izzy says, Connor, if he plays tonight, or DJ Moore got a whole lot of people on buys this week. PPR. What do you think? Oof, say that one more time. Connor or DJ Moore? James Connor, if he plays tonight. I mean, I think it has to be Connor if he plays tonight, but have they, they still haven't made a distinction if he's playing tonight yet or not, right? They have not. Which is odd. The game is in like three hours. They said this. He's like, he's, he, they're going to decide at game time. I mean, if he plays, I'd go Connor. Uh, let's go into the next one. Izzy also says, who would you guys start? Rondell tonight over David Montgomery, James Robinson, Deontay Johnson, and Brandon Ayuk? No. I would start him over Demont, J-Rob, and Deontay Johnson probably. And I, I, I would start him over these guys. I wouldn't start him over Deontay. All right, next question. Uh, James says, Juju, Dobbs, or Jeff Wilson? Full PPR, can only use one. Juju. Juju, uh, for sure. Would you play Juju over Rondell Moore tonight? Yes. Uh, let's go from Jake. Let's go to Jake from IT. Garrett Wilson, Deontay Johnson, or Corey Davis? Deontay. Deontay's the easy answer there. Josh Reynolds or DPJ? Donovan Peoples-Jones. Josh Reynolds if he plays. Uh, and for the Superflex... Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, or Tyler Henneke? Matt Ryan. Ryan Tannehill. The answer is never Matt Ryan. Goodness gracious. What do you mean, goodness gracious? They're playing the Colts. The Colts are a fantastic matchup. Tennessee's a fantastic matchup, too. So? Tannehill's better than Matt Ryan. Can we give some love to to the original true value king? True throw value king? I mean, he's falling off, man. Okay, but so what? What are you, like, you're, you're the Chargers where you put a clown face on the, on the, on the big screen? For a guy that was great for you. Don't you ever turn your back on him. Disrespect. His jersey's literally in the rafters. It is. Our patrons literally got us a jersey of, of Ryan Tannehill in Texas A&M. Shout Our out pals, to the Tingle group. Yes, the Tingle group. Fire. Great, great group. Great, great group. group of people. So it's literally in the rafters. You watch it's one of the dopest gifts of all time. You watch your damn mouth. All right. Uh, Johnny says, not our brother. Different Johnny. Uh, start two wide receivers and one flex. Have PPR. All right. Here we go. Drake London, Juju Smith-Schuster, Curtis Samuel, Devin Duvernay, Neon Hines, ne- Naheem Hines, Deion Jackson. I mean, no Hines or Jackson. Yeah. If JT returns, um, 
Probably go J- uh, Juju in London. London, really? Yep. I think you're going to need to pass a little bit more. What about, and then you got one more, one more, Curtis Samuel, Devin DuVernay. Samuel. So you'd play London. Rashad Bateman has been practicing. So out of these three, out of, so you'd play London, Juju, Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. I'd also play London, Juju, Curtis Samuel. Um, next, Drake London or Alec Pierce, full PPR. London. I agree. Um, all right, we got a screenshot here. All right, Slater. All right, let's see. Would you make any moves here? Also, oh, he's asking for moves. This is not a start to question. All right, carry on. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to. This is more. This is uh, harder than it looks. Uh, James James <laughs> Robinson or Travis Etienne? I think you got to go Etienne at this point. Uh, are you starting Geno over Dak? No. Me neither. Uh, Gallup over Pierce. PPR. I don't hate it. I give the edge to Pierce though. I give the slight edge to Pierce as well, but. Oof. It's a nice matchup for Gallup. They're about they're at a very I do like a, Gallup this week. They're in a similar tier. They're in a similar Agreed. tier. Uh start, sit, PPR. Need to start two out of Melgo, London, Hunt, Josh Reynolds, Michael Gallup. Oof, that's ugly. Yeah. I think what well, did he specify PPR half? PPR. I think I go London and Gallup. We'll go with the receivers. Just cause. What about Josh Reynolds? You'd go you go London and Gallup over Josh Reynolds? I'd probably go Reynolds over Gallup, but at this point with the injury, it doesn't seem like Reynolds is going to play. Yeah. Melgo over Melgo. Yeah, you can't trust Melgo right now. All right. I like it. Start, sit, PPR. Start one. Jamal Williams, Pollard, A.J. Dillon, Drake London. Jamal Williams. Uh, Half PPR. Start, sit. Schultz, Ingram, Hurst. Schultz. I think I'm going to start Schultz in that that situation as well. Uh, I think... You know, he has the highest upside. You're chasing upside with these tight ends. Uh, start, sit, need one wide receiver, one flex. PPR, Michael Gallup, DJ Moore, Pollard, Montgomery, Brian Robinson. Say the names one more time. Gallup, DJ Moore. You're sitting DJ Moore. Yep. Um, Pollard, Montgomery, Brian Robinson. I think I go Montgomery and Pollard. I want to go Pollard and Gallup. I want to. I'm going to go Pollard and Brian Robinson. I'm not buying into Brian Robinson yet. We'll see how he performs this week. Russell Wilson or Marcus Mariota this week? If if Wilson plays. Probably go Mariota at this point. Russ seems like a shell of his former self. All right. Trade. A little bit of a different, different one. Which side would you take? CMC, Travis Kelsey, Dalvin Cook, A.J. Brown. What? CMC? Yeah, this is a this is a runaway. Um yeah, for sure. And that's how the Discord the Discord voted 7 to 1. <coughs> now 8 to 1 in favor of that trade. Um all right, another trade. Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey and Chase Claypool for Aaron Jones. Um D- Dalvin Cook. Why did I just completely blank on Dalvin Cook's first name? Dalvin Cook and AJ Brown. Man, CMC, what is this? I'm just now it's it's the it's the Patriots. Don't don't get mad at me. Where where's the disrespect for CMC coming from? And Kelsey. If you got CMC and Kelsey, you're not trading the two away. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Um Taysom Hill or Darren Waller? Darren Waller's not gonna play. So Taysom, if you have to wait. Uh yeah. 
Okay. All right. Need a QB streamer. Who do you prefer of Russell Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Jimmy G, Daniel Jones, Marcus Mariota? Trevor Lawrence. I like Mariota of that group. Although Russell Wilson, eh, I like Mariota of the guy. All right. Now start two. Drake London, Garrett Wilson, George Pickens. Probably sit Garrett Wilson. I'm also sitting Garrett Wilson in that scenario. Have to start three. <coughs> Garrett Wilson, Wondell Robinson, Chase Claypool, Terry McLaurin. I'm sitting Garrett Wilson. I'm going to sit Garrett Wilson there too. Uh, Garrett, I, I think Terry McLaurin has a shady chance to have a good game with Heineke coming back and having some rapport with each other. I think there's a shady outside shot. They've had some shot. good games together. Yeah, so there's outside shot. Terry kind of makes a resurgence. All right, start two wide receivers, half PPR. Oh, this is a tough one. Cortland Sutton, Amon Ross St. Brown. It, it, it's tonight, too. DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Olave. Damn. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, definitely not Sutton. And definitely Amon Ross. So it comes down to tonight, Olave or Hopkins. Yeah, for tonight. I think I give Hopkins a slight edge. I'm going to go slight edge Olave. Very slight edge Olave. Tough one, though. Uh, flex spot, half PPR. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, or Kareem Hunt, Gary. Brees Hall. Fire. Oh, Kenneth Walker's in a great matchup. Brees Hall. I'm going to go. Ah, Brees Hall slightly. Fine. I have him ranked. I have Brees Hall ranked uh, as RB10 at the moment right now, and I have Kenneth Walker as RB13. So, slight edge to Brees Hall. Um,. St. Brown, Olave, oh, sorry. Uh, A.J. Dillon or Travis Etienne by Etienne. Kai. That's an easy one. Etienne. All right, so that is the star sick questions for the patrons. Uh, honestly, that's just child's play. The star, the star sick questions are just constantly rolling in that in that Discord. So make sure to join <laughs> patreon.com slash Fantasy for the Discord access and also a ton, ton, ton more stuff. Uh, saying ton three times doesn't. I should have just said ton, three, three ton, tons. Ton, ton. Three tons more stuff. All right, so let's get into this. The unlimited league. One of the perks of being a patron is you also got access to this unlimited league, a thirty-two team league, like the the actual NFL split up into two divisions. Uh, we're gonna go head to head and crown a champion. And uh, right now the. It's good being at the top uh, because Hertz Alerts is 5-1. and one. He stays at the top after a win last week. Uh, Farmer John, Johnny Bravo, moves into second place. The Bearded Bastard, even after getting a win, falls back to third place because of total points. So Farmer John, after a big week, uh, took over from Bearded Bastard um, for points. Uh, big Will, can you dig it, sucker? The Bodega Prince, up two points to fourth. Uh the return of the TTV King is down to fifth. Lawrence in order. Uh, Mullen, as he's known in the Discord, four and two. Tua B or Tua B or not Tua B. Uh, Piz two four three is down to three and three. Who is at in seventh place? And chilling with Mahomes, chasing uh, a, a OG of the Discord, um, up three spots. And also Team Ken McDuff up three spots. Uh, down now is Warghost, or Trenton, one of the Brodo writers, uh, T and Biscuits, you baker, you buyer, and me. I suck. I'm 1-5 in five on a five-game losing streak, but I only scored 615 points. To put that into perspective, the leader has 814 points. So I am uh, horrible in this league. Um, so I am not going to be the featured matchup, uh, to say the least. 
in this one. Uh, the featured matchup in this week's uh, featured matchup thingy is a doozy because it is the number one team. Satan versus number two. Say it. Versus the number two yeah. team. Hurts alerts. At Farmer John. I said at. I don't know why I said at. Uh, right now, Hertz Alerts is projected 130, and Farmer John is, is uh, projected 127.97, so basically 128. And it's 130.71, so up to 131. Uh, his lineup, you can see why he's projected this much. Wow, this is a good lineup. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel, Josh Jacobs, Jacoby Myers, Terry McLaurin, Brian Robinson, Joe Burrow, and Jared Goff. Again, this is a 16-team league. It's pretty darn solid. And you could start anyone. There's, it's two quarterbacks, and you could start anyone. Uh, he is going up against Chasen, who gets Jamar Chase, Nick Chubb, Mark Andrews, DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins in his return, Travis Etienne, Marcus Mariota, and Zach Ertz. Only one. That's a great team too. But I got yeah, I got an edge to the side with two QBs. It's not having a QB is a big uh, is a big thing. Although. Jared Goff against Dallas this week might be a situation where he's outscored by Zach Ertz. Just saying. There's a there's a there's a world in which he's outscored by Zach Ertz. All right, Michael, what's it looking like in the slightly balding division? That was the bald division, by the way. In the slightly, slightly balding. balding division. Drip C takes his first L. Ooh. Now five and one. Um the team that took him down, shout out to I had it and then I lost it. Uh team thanks Zeke. Took him down. So Dripsy gets his first L. Um, that was a shocker. He has the best team in the league, I'd say, at the moment. Eagle 2080 jumps up to second place. Team KV from BK wins again, jumps back up to third place after losing two in a row. Jovin 19 is on a three game winning streak, jumps up to fourth. Team JRXDD stays in fifth with the win. And then Team Thanks Zeke jumps up to sixth place after beating Dripsy. And Tim. How the mighty have fallen. The team who was 4-0 was in second place. Matt? Is now in seventh place. You want to know why? Boy, has he been getting lucky. Is that This Matt? guy, yeah. Matt has 638 points. I have 680 points, and I'm 2-4 and four with a trash team. My, my team sucks. Damn, Matt. 613. Alexander the Great is up to eighth place with another win, now 3-3. Three and three. Oh, my God. This guy finds a way, He's bro. cruising now. Alexander is one of the best, honestly, one of the best fantasy players I know. Team G Martini, Gianluca up to ninth place with the win. Team Mark Ham down three spots with the loss. Um, Rune goes up to 11th place, and then a bunch of L's from Austin City Limits, from L -L -L. myself, from my Balzackerts, from Nick Lovin, and from two girlies, one cup from Gary Irwin. Um, look, my my team, man, my team was promising. I lost Trey Lance. Now Hollywood Brown is out. I'm toast. I'm just pure toast now. But we don't have a one versus two matchup, Tim, but we do have a two versus four matchup. All right, I like it. I like so it. we got Eagle 2080 versus Jovid 19. Starting with Eagle 2080, we got Travis Kelsey, Saquon Barkley, Terry McLaurin, Zay Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Mac Hollins, Patrick Mahomes, Mitchell Trubisky. Hmm. If Mitchell Trubisky, if if Kenny Pickett plays, he's going to have to take out Trubisky. His other quarterback is Carson Wentz, who's not playing. So he's going to have to go to the waiver wire. So two TBD and only one and only one quarterback. So a tough situation um, due to buys. And then Jovin 19 has Josh Reynolds, who might need to be replaced as well. Aaron Jones, Chris Godwin, Alec Pierce, Leonard Fournette, Robert Tunyon, Taylor Heineke, and Zach Wilson. Donovan Peoples-Jones would replace Josh Reynolds on his bench. I kind of give the edge to Eagle 2080, even with only one quarterback. 
I feel like his team was just better. I'm going to go with you, man. It sounds like Eagle to me. Right? Yeah. Interesting. I've, I'm playing against Team Thanks Zeke this week. Last, Who was last week's highest scorer? Alexander the Great. No wonder he's moving on up. He's up to 150, put up 158 points this past week. Ooh, working the waiver wire. I see him. He started Deion Jackson. Um, he had Gerald Everett. He had Matt Ryan put in work. Okay, okay. I see you. I see you, Alex. But yeah, so the slightly balling division, still led by Dripsy at 5-1, and one, the only team with one loss. Um, but then we got four, excuse me, five, six teams at 4-2. and two. Juicy. Real juicy. Juicy. Um, speaking of juicy, that is the end of today. That has nothing to do with juicy. Michael, how do you like your, speaking of juicy, you know, I'm actually going to have a real conversation. I'm not going to cut this one off because I really want to know your answer to this one. Okay. So it won't be cut off. I'm just going to ask it like in general. Before, before I say, before I ask the question, you can, Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. At Brodo FF Tim, at Brodo FF Jason, at Brodo FF Casanova, at Psychward FF, at Brodo Fantasy, at Fantasy FF by Brodo, uh, the Fantasy Football by Brodo, by Brodo at Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. With that being said, Michael. Your steak, right? I lit for me personally, it's medium rare or nothing. I don't want anything else. I don't want to even touch a medium. I also don't want to touch in rare. I'm not a rare guy. How do you take your steak? Medium.